It was like a jean, a, a, a cut off sleeve then, jean vest. No, 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 no. It was a denim, like a just I'm a denim pulling up a photo. And then uh, like a flower basketball jersey shirt. I texted her after she texted me that, and I was like, that's actually hilarious because that's a thousand percent something I would wear like tomorrow. And with that story said, welcome to today's episode of the Leading Edge Archery Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of the three hosts. I'm Jason. We got Bridger. We got Crystal Govin with us today, and Scott is somewhere. So Scott. So so we record the we record everything at the store here, and we do. I don't know. We got kind of like a little back room here. Well, we close at 7 p.m. It is. What is it right now? It's 7:41 p.m. And there's about. I don't know, six customers out there still, so. <laughs> Nonetheless, here we are. So, yeah, what you guys been up to? I don't know, not not a lot. I mean, we've been so busy at the store uh, since we've kind of been allowed to open back up that, I mean, we've been pretty, done a pretty poor job at staying caught up with the podcast and all that, but uh Man, it's just been so stinking busy here. Uh, you know, people are kind of eager to get out and go do stuff. And, uh, you know, even though down here in Texas there's a lot of stuff that's open, there's a lot of stuff that still isn't isn't open. So people still spending a lot of time at home, and they like going out and shooting with their kids in the backyard. And a lot of people break their stuff when they're trying to wrangle kids and sit on conference calls and shoot and all that. So there's a lot of people dry firing bows and need new arrows and all that so uh we've been staying pretty busy um i don't know it's just been honestly it's been tough because we're so beat by the end of the day you know helping guys out that it's hard to hard to get in here and record a bunch of stuff but yeah no i can see that everybody everybody's on that on that post lockdown uh rush to to get outside and do stuff so everybody's probably coming around and trying to get either new stuff how are you guys doing on uh on manufacturers sending you stuff and you guys getting caught up on stuff like that or is it is it still hard to get new new equipment yeah i mean it it depends on where it's at so like uh you know like companies like uh, uh elite and bcy uh, BCY is still closed, so I, you know, we do a we do a ton of strings, but uh, you know, you can't get black 452x right now, you know, and whatever is available to Lancaster, that's that's really all we can get from a, a you know product standpoint for their stuff. So it makes it tough to, you know, building strings and all that stuff. So we're kind of limited on colors, but for the most part, uh, Lancaster does a heck of a job of keeping a lot of stuff in stock and we've been kind of been able to survive off of that. So. Yeah. I can see that. I've been, I've actually put in a couple of Lancaster orders through this whole shutdown and you know, they still got here relatively <laughs> fast. They're, they're operating at probably a little bit, uh, less manned than they normally do, but <laughs> I mean, their, their orders are still getting out on, on a timely manner. So. Yeah. Go out there, but Crystal, what about you? Have you been just in there in Connecticut, just grinding, watching Rich play golf? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, everything shut down. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. That's where BCY is actually here in Connecticut. So the state's still pretty shut down. Uh, we just started last week the phase one, which really just means you can go to outdoor restaurants, which if you know New England, there's not many outdoor restaurants. So a couple of restaurants have got creative and put um, tents in parking lots and things like that. Um, but a lot of the stores are still closed. Um, can't really do a whole lot. So work for me has been actually crazy. Just like you guys, uh, as an economist, everybody wants to know what the future holds <laughs> and, uh, gotta say their guess is as good as mine, but they're paying big, big bucks to <laughs> have us throw darts at a, at a wall, I guess. So yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> nice. Sorry about the interruption there. I'm, it, it's a world of outlaws sprint car race tonight and I had to pull it up on the other window. So <laughs> I, can... <laughs> I got 10 whole dollars on the line in their fantasy. So Multi there's a fantasy racing league. There it's is fantasy everything. There's me. There is for me and my drinking buddies back yeah. at home. Yeah. But no, you're, you're right. Crystal. There is, there's a little bit of everything. And there was a couple of things that I, uh, I became very acquainted with while sitting at home for the last however many weeks on uh I think there's like 10 or 12 ESPN channels or whatnot but I found the uh the simulation football league uh <laughs> the cornhole uh, yeah cornhole on there yeah or something they like get that. good good money at those tournaments yeah and disc golf oh yeah I mean those those guys playing disc golf you, somebody would go out there and interview one of them and, and they would respond like if you were interviewing Dustin Johnson or Tiger Woods in regards to their, their discs and, and their techniques and whatnot. so I, I'm i with you congrats on your on your bet Bridger and I hope you win I got quick time right now so looking good <laughs> anyway uh before you were rudely interrupted, Crystal, you were talking about New England and you guys are, the weather's getting a little bit better out there, huh? So you can actually do a yeah. little bit of shooting. Well, it's kind of funny. We, uh, for the, I don't know how many years in a row now, we, we had zero spring. We went from, it was literally 40 degrees and snowing one week to we've been like nineties and crazy humidity this week. So I blamed, uh, Scott for, he sent me a package in the mail, so I told him he could have not sent the, the hot Texas weather my way. He could have kept that. It hasn't been that hot down here. Ugh. This week, it's just awful. Uh. And then I live on top of the hill, so it's always windy, so I like shooting in the wind. It's never been a problem, but this year, it's just, I mean, hurricane force winds every day, and it with no tournaments in sight, there's just no incentive for me to shoot in that kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been the hardest part is the whole not not having something to shoot for. Man, it's so hard to get motivated uh, to go out, out there and do that. I mean, I've I've built a game room, bought an Xbox, <laughs> I've I've acquired like five or six other hobbies. My wife's going crazy. Uh, yeah. Start flying drones, and of course, my neighbors are probably going to end up shooting them. Uh, but it, it's been kind of crazy down here normally at this time you know our summer's kicking in it's really hot it's blue skies and not a cloud and just starting to get to that miserable 
part of the Texas heat. But we've had, I think, three days in a row, maybe four, hail, tornado warnings, just dumping down rain. Beautiful days, and then the evening time is like, yep, you guys had a great day. Time to ruin it. Let's get everybody huddled up in the bathroom and hope that your roof doesn't blow out. It has been some gnarly storms lately. Yeah. Last few nights has been nuts. Yeah, the guys out there in uh, in Kerrville, I don't know if you saw, we have we have uh, one of our shooters, Victor, his son posted a video, and it almost looked like it was just raining hail, just accumulating in big amounts. It looks like somebody had a, had a big a snow cone stand and just throwing snow on the ground, shaved ice. It was, it was nuts. But, well, yeah. hey, s- speaking of rain which is the normal for an ASA tournament during that. Uh, you know, we're talking sports, finding stuff to watch, all that, whatever. But sports, is, sports are coming back. Archery is coming back. ASA, uh, per this morning, Crystal, I think you sent me a text, or maybe it was Jason, but uh, they posted that they, on Facebook, that they are having the, uh, is it the London sheet The down? London, yep, yeah. yep. So they're having that. They're doing. I haven't read through everything that they're doing with that, but uh, it's some. I didn't see it on the the press release, but somebody had asked a question in the comments, and whoever runs their Facebook page had responded that they're taking temperatures. Uh, I think you have to pull your own arrow. Um, yeah, in the news release, it said it was going to check every car that pulled in, and you had to be able to answer some questions. Yep. And if you couldn't answer and refused your temperature, you got turned around. So, I know they're working with the state to mm. meet meet I'm requirements. Sure. I don't know. I, I don't think anybody really knows exactly how it's going to go, but it's it's cool to see stuff coming back. And I think it'll I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, uh, like how other not only other organizations respond, be it USA Archery or the NFAA, um, as far as like how they present the tournament how they run everything but like how it'll change for other organizations what they may or may not do depending on how well or poorly it goes for the asa so are they are they still going on with the tournament with uh of course like you said with the with the checking people's temperature and stuff like that but how are they implementing all the other stuff uh and I know they put the uh, there's a lot more shooting times. I think they're starting on Thursday, with maybe three different time slots on Thursday. So they're mm-hmm. actually trying to spread people out. It looks like. Um, I think. Yeah, I think. Well, I, amateur classes they're letting everybody shoot pretty much whenever, for all the amateur classes, right? Yeah, that's how I understand it. You can shoot. You have a choice of like twelve or fifteen different times, and just can shoot whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And then all the pro classes were still the pros will still shoot uh, Friday Saturday, and then they said they'll still have the shoot down Saturday night, uh, and then that I think you have to bring your own chairs if you're wanting to watch. They're not going to have any uh, bleachers or stadium seating available for uh, spectators, but you can watch. Like they're allowing you to watch if you bring your own. You know, if you have your shooter stool or lawn chair or whatever. Uh, so that I don't know, that'll be interesting. I mean, I don't. They've had enough sporting events 
starting to show up. Like why I mentioned, I'm watching those races tonight. They have fans in both races that are going on in Davenport, Iowa, and one in Missouri. Um, they have limited fans for both of them. So I don't know. I, it's to the point where it's kind of up to the group of people how how much social social distancing they'll do. But uh, I don't know. It's cool to see that somebody's finally kind of getting out there and starting to do something and we'll actually have a tournament. And I now, at least for me, I got something to train for, so it'll make shooting a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of it's just going to be dependent on the states that the tournaments are trying to be held in. I, I know in Massachusetts, the governor basically, when he canceled the marathon uh, yesterday, he, he basically said any significant group of people isn't going to happen this year. So through mm-hmm. December, because I know for work, we have a big conference in November. And so with that announcement, it was pretty much like, well, there goes <laughs> that conference. that's still six months away. Right. Well, and the, the other thing that will be interesting is, so, okay, they're having this tournament. They've already had fully back in February. Mm-hmm. So obviously tournaments have been canceled. Uh, I think, metropolis has been canceled um i imagine we'll have the one in georgia since they're already open um i don't know i think they changed the schedule it's gonna be if i read it correctly it'll be this one in june then they'll have two in alabama in july and august and one of those will be considered the classic obviously the one in august but um yeah i think it was both in in alabama i can't remember is it is no metropolis is in alabama uh I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not looking at the schedule right now, but um, well, what I'm curious is what they'll do with Shooter of the Year. If they're still going to do Shooter it, of the Year and just put an asterisk next to it? I haven't, to be Yeah, fair, it's all on there. I think it's, they count okay. two of the three or something like that because it's like okay. June, so, July, and August. So I don't so, know if they're throwing out February or what. So it's still potentially allowing you to throw one tournament out? I think, but I I could be wrong. I didn't look at it that closely. Yeah, I just know I it is on there. I'm curious what they're going to do with that stuff. So, oh, look at that. Shooter of the Year changes. See, I told you. <laughs> Shooter of the Year will now be awarded the class champion only uh, based on best two prom scores plus your classic score. So, oh, two if they okay. stick, so if they stick to their schedule now, though, this one, uh, one of the two in Alabama, and then the classic will be your Shooter of the Year. Which the two in Alabama, I'm still, this is just me with, with my prior history, but I still don't think, or I don't see Fort Benning happening. Yeah. That's, that's the mm-hmm. one that's going to be weird is going to be Fort Benning. Yeah. That's... Now, I imagine they'll have the one in Coleman. Yeah. And then, uh, where's the one that they do in Georgia? They do one in Georgia. Uh, that's I... the one that I think got canceled. Oh, really? Okay. Like I said, yeah, there's only three. There's only going to be three more. One of them counts as the classic. Mm-hmm. I don't know without looking it up, but yeah, they're basically because the this London one that's in June was supposed to be in May, I think. So they moved this one to June and canceled the June the one that was scheduled for June. Okay, I think it's going to be nuts with the amount of people. <laughs> I all the people that normally shoot USA archery that aren't having tournaments right now I, I wonder if a lot of those folks are going to be going to uh to an asa tournament just because there is a tournament going on well yeah we want to compete exactly. i'm very <laughs> very curious to see what the numbers are the numbers uh, what the numbers I'm, I'm will be they're going to be pretty big 
making it a little bit more difficult to control. But you know, I have faith. We'll see. Are that? they potentially going to cap? Are they potentially going to cap the amount of shooters? That's what I wonder. Yeah. Now, there's nothing about that in their, uh, in their the press release they did. Now, if they allow Thursday, that's going to allow them a couple more shooters if they have shoot times on Thursday. And, I mean, shoot times Thursday and Friday because before, really, it was only only pros shooting on Fridays. So, I don't know. It would be interesting. Yeah, because they're also they're offering, like, a bonus uh, raffle or something if you shoot Thursday and Friday. Oh, really? To try Yeah, and... to get people. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, because that, I mean you got to think that, I mean, there are a lot of people that aren't working right now, but I imagine, you know, a lot of people still have to take time off to be able to go to these tournaments and stuff and, uh, trying to get your weekend warrior guys to come out and shoot on only, you know, on or come out to shoot, not on the weekend, I guess, where they have to take an extra day or two off of work will be interesting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that. And you know, there are people that haven't, haven't been at work and you know, what kind of numbers are we going to get with them? you know, with a lot of people being out of work and all that. So, but how many, I don't know. How many of the manufacturers are going to travel out there? That's another thing that's going to be interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that I think it was a boning. We got a, a email from them that, you know, they're still shut down. They were not going to be attending any tournaments in the, in the near future. I can imagine a a couple more are going to be that way. They're in Michigan, so and Michigan's been shut down for quite a while, so who knows? I mean, Matthews was shut down for a little while. Um, Hoyt's been around a skeleton crew the whole time. Same with Easton, same company. But uh, I don't know, Elite, TOG being in New York, they got hit pretty hard as well, um, just with workforce-wise. So uh, I know they've been running a skeleton crew, you know, getting some stuff sent out, and they've actually they're fairly well cut out, which is good to see. But uh, I don't know. That'll that'll definitely be interesting. You know what manufacturers are there, how much support they're getting for all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. But I don't know. Other other organizations that are doing stuff. USA Archery. They completely changed their USAT procedures. Not only for you and I, Crystal, and the able body compound and recurve, but with Jason, with you, they. They basically yeah. for you, Jason. They basically said this year was just a yeah. Uh, don't don't even worry about it. Like yeah. we're not doing anything with 2020. Yeah. Yeah. They they went out and and surveyed and from what I heard on the Parasite, there was only one person that disagreed with with doing this format of just throwing this year out. There were so many people concerned about their health and travel and right. So yeah, I mean, like you said they just they just scratch the year we can still go out to a tournament and and compete um and every score that we shoot still counts as an mqs for us um but it's not going to accumulate points uh your rankings not gonna is not going to change you're not going to go and shoot at arizona cup and knock out the number one seated guy um it just now how, how do you feel I'm curious how you feel about that with um, obviously the Olympics getting moved back, but you still have qualifying tournaments, presumably early spring. So how do you feel about these tournaments in the fall? Um, 
honestly for me and I've I've talked to a couple people about this I'm I'm sad because I wanted to compete of course I've been I've been practicing and prepping for all this um, but I feel a little bit of a of a relief uh, because now I can just focus a hundred percent for next year and and continue to work towards you know if Tokyo happens the next year I can I can focus a hundred percent on that and I don't have that um, that pressure and that obligation to have to go and shoot all these tournaments and then turn around and have another one early spring uh, and the big the big thing and and talking to a couple of people even uh, to a couple of the other pair guys our doctors pretty much told us hey you go out you get sick you're gonna be out for a while um, and and that's the that's the happy thoughts because uh, it might it might affect you even worse and you might not make it so just they said take a take precautions take into consideration everything going around and if you feel like it's safe then go ahead and go to something but um, you got Arizona in October you got uh, Gator Cup in November and we'll see what the climate is and how the country is and how the caseload is around that time and you know it'll decide if we can go out to a tournament because I'd still like to go out and compete uh, I was talking to Bridger the other day I can go out and shoot and practice and practice and practice but if I don't have that competition pressure uh, it's totally different <laughs> yeah I really don't feel like I'm I'm doing or, or getting the best workout uh, yeah. by just shooting against myself so yeah what do you what about you guys how do you feel about the selection procedure for for the senior team well, I don't know uh, the, the way I mean I think Crystal and I kind of have the same outlook on it uh, man if you're not on the team right now it, it's there's almost no reason to shoot it this year because well, well I mean Crystal you know a lot more about it than I do because of your you know your position with you know a couple different athlete councils and that kind of stuff but man I just don't I just as somebody that's not on USAT right now I don't have uh, uh, I don't have any tournaments for rolling ranking because I went to shoot ASAs last year man I just don't see a reason to shoot until 2021 yeah, it was, I'll say, being on the athlete committee, we we heard basically 50% of people wanted to freeze and do the para thing, and then the other 50% wanted to go through like a normal year if we had tournaments. And mm -hmm. it was very, I mean, you could almost draw a line perfectly down the middle that it was 50-50. And I know I, I'm not on the board, so I have no vote. I'm just on the athlete committee. Um, so I don't know what was what actually happened at the board meeting, but I know that they really did take as much feedback and tried to find the compromise. <laughs> yeah. um, if they're really, but I don't think there really is a true compromise in a situation like this. So no. the one problem with this, with the way it's ranked, not, with the way it's worded is if there's f five tournaments, four count, if there's four tournaments, three count, if there's two tournaments or less, it's frozen. It stays last year. Well, there's nothing to say we don't get one tournament in and then other tournaments get canceled. And so I know one thing that I've heard a lot of from people is those first two tournaments, you almost, they say you can drop one, but in theory, you really have to go to the first couple. Cause what happens if then a later one gets canceled and then that one becomes mandatory and 
the whole nine yards. And so, um, and then world cup team, I, I haven't seen anything officially published, but I know what was talked about is the first two world cups would be the 2019 end of 2019, you know, team that was supposed to be that the world cup team this year, because mm-hmm. they didn't get to go to a world cup. Exactly. So if well, that's the case, we, you can make use at and then not actually go to a world cup. So that adds a whole nother layer, like you said, of whether there's incentive well, to go or not with them. I mean, that makes sense because if you make USAT at the end of the year, if you're in top four in able body men's, women's recurve compound, whatever you're guaranteed to go to the first two or you're guaranteed an opportunity to go to the first two world cups stage. Well, one and this year it was actually only guaranteed one, only Guatemala. Right. Right, because of because it's an Olympic gear, which I mean, I guess that would continue in 2021. Now that Tokyo got pushed yeah, to 2021, yeah. but so uh, that makes sense to me as far as keeping the 2019 or the the 2020 team uh, that was shot for in 2019 allow them to continue to go to the World Cups. Now the stuff where it gets super muddy. I guess would be when you start talking about DAS or the direct well, the, support. Yeah, it's well and well, well so they've they gotten paid. Suspend, they got paid all year and didn't have to go right, to a World Cup though. Is, right. so is they, the flip they sit there side? Spend their pay for this year because there's no World Cups, or do they give them what like 18 months of? Yeah, well, on the recurve side, it's on the recurve side, it's based on Olympic trials. So it's from September of 2019 all the way through April now of 2021, the pay doesn't change. So, and on the men's side, you're talking three points or something separates second or third from like 10th place and only the top four get paid. So you're talking $20,000 difference for those guys that maybe are a quarter point apart. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at Jimmy Lutz, he's fifth on the team. Yeah. World champion and a World Cup stage winner. And, you know, I, I don't remember what he did at World Cup final, but, I mean, he got deduction points there. He missed the fourth place spot by a tenth of a point. That's like scoring. If he had scored, if he shot two more tens in uh, an elimination round at one tournament that counted towards him, he probably would have been, that may have bumped him up a point and, or bumped him up a place in uh, eliminations and given him, you know, an extra, you know, taking an extra point or so off or a couple tenths of a point off, and that would have thrown him in the team. I mean, that's like only one or two arrows. You're talking in a five-tournament season. Yeah, it's crazy. Where there's hundreds and hundreds of arrows for score, and $20,000 worth of money is on the line because of one arrow mm-hmm. to go from getting paid to not getting paid. And now you're talking about extending that for, you know, 16 to 18 plus months of pay because I mean you you can't turn around and say well there's no cups we can't pay you because you know and right have, well and have, they have, actually have, what they did go ahead but I was just know. gonna say it, what they were doing is um, they actually took World Cup money and paid it out as DAS money because there were no World Cups okay so so basically for this year then they went back to the old DAS which yes was, yep the first year that I was on it it was eight fifty a month I think. And this is Something all. Like, this is I think all the DAS like outline and all that stuffs on USA Archery selection procedure stuff. But I know before it was eight fifty a month, and then whatever our tournament stipend was, 
I don't remember what that was, like 500 bucks or something. Well, there didn't used to be a tournament stipend. Or I know it was pretty. That's the new system. Expensive. Yeah, so they switched yeah. it because there were a couple of people that were kind of taking advantage of. Yeah, the, the world top four in the beginning. Having, yeah, yeah. And having to go to a World Cup or you know some confusion with that, so they changed up the system to now to get all the money you have to go to the World Cups. But yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, even I don't know. It's crazy. So now, like you're talking, those top four guys could potentially get. Like I said, a, a well over those twelve months of DAS support. Yeah, again, there's it's it's a messy. <laughs> there's no easy solution, that's for sure. Right, and I mean honestly, Jason, I know it sucks for you because you don't have any tournaments to go to now, or at least ones that matter. But man, without World Cups, as much as it sucks to say, like the entire reason for all the USATs is to select your World Cup team. It's just a continuous the USAs right. are just continuous trials for our World Cup team. Yeah. Me, That's why me, we all go. Yeah. Exactly. To me you make you you go to the USATs to hopefully win, make money doing that, so that you make the team so you can start making money doing that. So you can make finals and make money doing that. Like you gotta get to the top to make to have all that trickle down. But man, to me the Ferris system would have been just yeah, just scratch the whole season because you're not going to go to any World Cups. I mean, we're we're not going to have international travel by whenever the last World Cup is this year. So you can basically scratch the entire international season. So, and I know these tournaments, like the organizations, have to run tournaments to make money, but uh, selection. Well, and USA Archery doesn't make the money; it's all the clubs. Um, yeah. So I, the big thing came. A lot of the shooters said they were taking away their right to earn money if we didn't hold tournaments this year. I know that was one of the big on that side of on things why we can be realistic and say that there's out of everybody at those tournaments, there's maybe like and this is a incredibly optimistic number. But of all the five or six hundred people that go to these tournaments, there's maybe fifteen of them that get paid to show up. And then you only have a dozen people that get paid from the tournament. Like, I don't know. That's a hard. I'm just pa- I'm just sharing the feedback. I'm well, not saying it's my I'm personal. I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> dude, man, I don't know. There ain't a lot of people that are making money going to USATs. Oh, I never did. <laughs> Even on the podium at every single one. Yeah, I mean, I only made i I only made money at the USATs because I made the World Cup team and made it to exactly. World Cup. Yeah. So, man, I I get that you need to support your local clubs and all that stuff and. That, that well, I worry about the local too. clubs actually that have that are putting on the USATs. I worry that they're gonna, you know, go broke putting on these tournaments if they don't have people showing up. If the numbers yeah. are down, if they have to meet cert- certain requirements of you know one per bail or two per bail, and right, that's the thing. What happens when are you they get gonna thirty percent of your normal tournament tournament capacity, and you're only making five or ten thousand dollars when you have the whole tournament sold out? Yeah, like, that's. <laughs> I don't know. I. I don't know. It's a tough look. I mean, there's no. There obviously is no right solution, but to me, the fairest thing from a competitor standpoint is. Man, I don't know how you have the season and have anything count towards anything. 
because now you're taking and pushing. Okay, so you're guaranteeing them going to twenty or going to two World Cups in 2021. Okay, so now you push six months of the year out of the way. What happens to all your rolling rankings for the second half of the year? If okay, I made world or uh, say I went to enough tournaments at the end of 2020 to make top four going into 2021. I don't get a go. Now I have to shoot two more U sets. What happens when I fall out of the rolling rankings in the first two or three tournaments of the year? Even though I qualified to make the World Cup team for the first half of 2021, no, I don't get to go because they got pushed in or because the 2020 team is going to the 2021 Cups. Yeah, and again, I don't know for sure. I haven't seen any official, so I don't know what was decided in the board meeting. But yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And on the recurve side, we have to send the Olympic team to at least the third world well i think it's before the third world cup is going to be it's going to be a standalone event if i read it correctly for the last stage of Mm -hmm. qualifying a team um but i assume we're gonna if it's right before or right after world cup three i assume we're sending that same team to world cup three then so that means use that ranking again so now completely thrown out the window now on the recurve side everything's everything's blanketed or pushed back damn near 12 months yeah yeah so, i don't know it again there's no right solution but to me the fairest thing is just say like look guys that it, there's only so much we can do and these people earned it and with the season we're we could potentially have even if it's not all of it like the season we could potentially have is not enough to you know not enough to continue doing the the rolling ranking and all that stuff like hey let's just take 2020 out and just start the rolling ranking again moving from 19 into 21 to me that makes the most sense because you're you this year's going to be watched because there's no world cups i mean and in that case like hey you know good for the team that made it in 2019 because they get an extra 12 months of payroll basically for next to nothing but i mean because you have to pay them in my opinion, anyways, you have to pay them because they made the team. But I don't know. To me, to me, that makes more sense from a competition standpoint because you can only be fair. Like you have to be fair to everybody in a way that everyone has equal opportunity to make it. So it's a mess. But it's yeah. a it's a it's, it's a huge mess. mess. I don't know. It's crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Crazy. I know that even even on our side, I mean, they rolled all our Paralympic qualifications and everything to next year. Um, all of the because for us, you have to meet or shoot a minimum score to be even be eligible to make uh, the Paralympic team, and that's not on the USAT side. It's a it's a Paralympic committee or uh, World Archery Para. Yeah, uh, just like on the able body side. Yep, you've got to shoot that that minimum qualifying score and our deadline was june 1st so it was from june 1st of last year to june 1st of this year well now they extended it through july of next year um but anything shot i think it was like march april or may was not going to count so that's not true that's not true it's the start date didn't change we because we actually discussed that i'm on the world archery athlete committee as well and that was actually something that we all strong felt very strongly about so 
the start date will not change. So anybody who's already shot that minimum qualifying score, they keep it. Um, it cannot be taken away from you. So it just extends out the deadline. You have July. a longer time to do it. Yeah, yeah. July of next year. I just, for some yeah. reason, when I read it, I thought that it said that anything shot this year in April or May would not count. Um, but it would still be, you still had till July of next year. But anyway, so you've got that. You've got the continental qualifiers that was supposed to be in monterey that's pushed over to next year uh so it's going to be interesting i know one of our because there is a quote unquote para uh world cup circuit that happens every year uh one of our last tournaments happens in czech republic and i know that they were still trying to push to have that in september early october time frame um which that's going to be interesting to see if if that ever if that happens again based on world travel restrictions uh, or if the athletes even want to travel uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes i don't know if you guys uh saw that the conquest cup went on in turkey yeah <laughs> i was watching oh, that on, on world archery today i mean everybody was out there wearing masks staying apart yeah. was that t- was that today yeah, it was like yesterday and today, I think. Really? Wow. That's yeah, it was crazy. A, that's usually a pretty big tournament. They usually yeah. have a lot of names that go there. Yeah. I mean, was it all, I don't know what travel restrictions It looked like are. just Turkey to me, but I, Jason, hey, did you uh, notice any, anyone outside? No, I, I mean, I saw one of the uh, compound finals and it was two Turkish shooters shooting against themselves. Uh, and it wasn't anybody that that I knew off the top of my head. But. Yeah, I saw something from qualification, just a picture, so it's hard to tell, but everybody in the picture was Turkish, so my guess is it must have been local only. Yeah, because I, I don't know what the travel restrictions are in, in Europe. I imagine it's I mean, I imagine it's like here where everything's shut down, so like, I don't know. Yeah, how do you hold an international tournament without anybody <laughs> with your own... Your... <laughs> <laughs> country. Yeah, no, I'm. I've had it, I guess, but hey, it works for us for World Field then. <laughs> yeah, yeah I that's an, about that. That's another tournament that'll be interesting. Is is uh, World Field? I I haven't seen that World Archery is postponed or canceled yet. well so what what they what they've done is they've wiped the calendar clean for the year but they have not canceled world field nor officially canceled world cups and a world cup final potentially for the fall but nothing's on the calendar is how it's worded (laughs) so it's kind of a weird situation but i know um i know bruce has said he doesn't want to cause problems with bringing something to Yankton um, but also obviously can we even get foreigners here and and into the states yeah, can people hold trials in time because like our trials is supposed to be beginning of July in Yankton so that's a whole nother piece there's still there's still travel restrictions coming in and out of the country as far as I know Mm-hmm. Well, and even here here in New England, we have, like, uh, most of the airlines aren't even flying into a lot of the airports, and we have, like, a two-week uh, quarantine if you leave the state mandatory. So, you know, anybody working a job or something. Yeah. 
Well, I know, like, Crystal, you were giving me flack to try and come up there and shoot with you a little bit and go play golf with, with Rich. But, like, I was, I always fly Delta, and I was looking at they keep getting any flights. Delta's not flying anywhere into New England right now. No, not till September 15th or right. something crazy. Right. So, and that's I mean, Bo- you look at Boston's a huge international mm-hmm. hub. So, that's a nice drive, though, Bridger. Yeah, no, I'm not. Like, <laughs> I love you and your husband to death, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. You just rent a car, get a little a little Prius or something, it'll go forever. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it takes less time. <laughs> Like, it's still going to be, like, 30 freaking hours getting there. It's not like you have a job or anything. Come on. Yeah, it's not like I manage an archery shop and build, like, 30 strings a week. Not true. Also try and shoot. (laughs) The the 30 strings a week is not true. I'll give you that one, but I don't know. Man. I got a lot of of COD points I got to get, dude. Got to work on that battle pass. (laughs) Yeah, that's – I wonder how many of – the professional archers are going to turn into professional gamers this year. <laughs> well, it's well, it's pretty much just me and archery hooligan. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is true. Since you guys decided to dump me, <laughs> dump you're never on. I never used to online. get invitations to come play with these guys. Can you believe that, Crystal? Dude, dudes, no never prejudice. I text you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no, Bridger never right. texts. He says he texts you and he doesn't. This is true. Bridger Bridger has become a non-texter back. You live, okay, look, you live He's with, like a hermit. Live with Scott Hamlin and you will stop texting people because back. It, the guy's a professional <laughs> at ignoring his phone. And uh, honestly, don't hate it. I like not being on my phone all day. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I'm I'm digging that. I really am. I I even got a new phone, got all these cool archery apps, but ever since I got this little reminder that tells me how much screen time I've been spending, <laughs> it just reminds me of, I need to enjoy my life more than stare at this stupid thing. Um, so Yeah, I started putting a thing on mine where it turns off at a certain time and I can't go on the apps or anything. Oh, mine would turn off at like 11 a.m. <laughs> And I wake up at 8.30, so that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that is. You <laughs> might want to work on that. That'd be not, horrible. It's not like the days of the shutdown, Bridger, where you had absolutely nothing to do. You have responsibilities now. I know it. I use that term loosely, but... Very loosely. <laughs> that's a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, at least at least we got the ASAs. We, we, got, we got all this world archery stuff. And all this USA archery stuff going on that, honestly, just listening to you guys, I, I'm about to go pound some Tylenol because it made my head hurt. But <laughs> ASA is uh, is is here for the win. It's it's here to save the day. Um, what are you and guys? I, what are you guys excited about? I mean, what are you what are you doing to prep? What's your setup? What's your secret? Tell tell the people out there. Share your knowledge. Get good. Get good. No, I buy no, targets. Is gonna say, well, okay, let's talk about that a little bit, Crystal. So, without any of the USA archery stuff going on, well, at least not till later in the year. 
what are the chances of you potentially getting a compound and going and shooting an ASA and pulling the old Brady Ellison there? Why not? You ought to do it. I mean, I know you're doing it because I sent you a bow. Actually, it wasn't me. Bryce, <laughs> Bryce actually sent it. But uh, you are going to shoot ASAs. At least the first one. It's close. It's pretty close to my parents, and I haven't seen them, so I figured it's a way to kill two birds with one stone. So as long as I can get out of New England. <laughs> yeah, no As long kidding. as the airlines let me out. You may have to, like, drive up old Mad Max and... No, it's like 15 hours. That's uh, that's. I'm a little old for that nowadays. 15's like right on the cusp for me for driving. It's that 60... was in my younger years, no problem, but I'm old now. I don't know. That's, it... like, that's almost going across Texas, maybe. Maybe a little bit, a little so, bit less. I know. I My driving range has shrunk considerably because last time I did a long drive was I drove home in January for the Iowa Pro-Am. Mm-hmm. And I drove up. I drove up. I drove up on a Thursday. Practice Friday. Shot Saturday, Sunday. Drove back on Monday. Oof. And when you go, I mean, everybody likes to have a good time. They go home, see all their friends. Usually on, usually on a Sunday night, <laughs> Saturday or Sunday night. Man, it make that drive back after. I mean, you're. It's a 17-hour drive for me, which half of it is through Texas. <laughs> But man, that is golly, that's rough. That's seventeen hours going eighty miles an hour the whole time. That's a yeah, that's no, rough trip back. Yeah, getting there's fine. You're you're looking forward to being where you're going and all that. But man, alive that. Yeah. So back to your secrets. Uh, what yeah, are you teaching us? I'm teaching. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I'm not that good at 3D. I mean, I'm okay. I guess I've shot some good scores, but not not like super consistently for me it's mostly just trying to figure out how to aim i gotta i for me i have to look at targets exclusively 3d targets for you know a week or two um i don't know i've been shooting a lot of vegas games and stuff with the 3d setup just getting getting used to the feel of the bow and everything but uh luckily blake kidder who's our tog rep here uh he lives fairly close and he's we've got a range of him and i set up a little bit at one of his buddies' places, so I'll be able to go out and kind of shoot some targets. But uh, I just have to find time to get away from the shop and go do that. But for me, it's mostly just looking at targets and getting used to aiming on them because I'm, I don't know, I'm such a visual learner, and I, I feel like I excelled at the spots and USA stuff because a lot of times you're aiming, you're aiming, or your sight picture is always the same. So for that, for me, it's an easy visual visualization thing, but. 3D, it's changing every time because you got shooting in a different order, different arrows on the target at the time you go up to shoot and different targets as well. So for me, it's just a game of getting my sight picture as clear as I can. Right now, I have a really good system. You know, I can I can see rings on a 3D target in the sun at 50 yards all day, no problem. But now holding a six-power lens <laughs> steady enough to point it at that is a different story. I'm never, I've never been a crazy good holder uh, as far as, you know, movement goes, but I don't know. I, it's just time behind the bow for me right now. Just, I haven't shot a ton. I've been shooting quite a bit lately trying to get back into it. Cause I know we're kind of on the upswing. It seems like, or I thought that anyways, a couple weeks ago and 
not saying I'm always right, but turns out I was somewhat right with the ASA coming back right away. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. What about you, Jason? I know you shot some 3D out in Salt Lake. So what's your secrets? Dude, let's pull out that track chair. I don't know if you'll make it up that hard <laughs> inclines there at the 3Ds, all four degrees, but. That's what I got you guys for. I got muscles. I'll push you. There you go. Uh, no, I actually was talking to Bridger the other day. I, I set up one of my bows as a possible 3D bow. Um, pretty standard, you know. I, I did finally break down and order a new lens, and I'm glad I did. <laughs> uh, I picked up a, a clear targets, and oh my goodness, Good. I can see. I can see. They're nice. The, I can see the details on on everything, but you know it's just a standard. I'm running a, a an Elite Victory X, uh, achieve sight, four power lens, uh, with a uh, Excel achieve scope. I still have to find a way to drill a hole big enough to put a sight light on that uh, <laughs> I don't know hey, if you need any help with like JB Weld some super glue hot melt like he's putting your man putting somewhere it doesn't belong <laughs> I'm your guy well the, the funny thing and I'm glad you said that because for the first three years four years I've, I've been trying to do everything right where I'm ordering the right parts or, or doing this or doing that it's getting expensive I mean I had, to, I had to come to the realization that, man, I used to work on helicopters for a living, and I used to put them back together with uh, duct tape and a, and a Leatherman. So, so yeah. I'm, yeah, that's what your basement and tools are for. Exactly. So, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to attach a light. I'm, I might use a, uh, an LP light. I don't know what light you would, you would recommend, Crystal. I, I've got a, I'd say uh, the clear clear targets the the sun so there's it's a father son and the sun kind of has his own little side business okay. um with the lights and stuff and i i really recommend going with that's what i'm hoping to get one in soon so yeah i've got i've got one of those uh i think it's a zebros mm -hmm. uh, so i've i've had success with that because i used to run a uh, a shrewd scope and of course the, yeah that's the shoot housings have have bigger openings, and you can mount one directly on that. Uh, but now that I swapped over this one, eh, it's just gonna take a little bit of uh, finagling to get yeah. in. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I I got to do that in Salt Lake City. I used to man, I used to talk so much smack on on 3D uh, <laughs> about how people go out there just shooting their little foam animals and whatnot, but. It's a lot of fun. So, and, and it, yeah, it is. I like being out in the woods and stuff. That's that's what I find fun. I don't like the idea of twenty arrows a day. Yeah, that seems like coming a off long of time you know for, USA archery style. Yeah, it's a long time for a small amount of arrows. Yeah, done, I like so. to shoot, so I wish I wish it was more. But yeah. So, what are you thinking of of running for your three uh, D setup? So I have a shrewd um, essential scope, so hoping that'll work and get a drilled lens from Clear Targets with the light nice. and see how that goes. So I know I've always had trouble. I definitely am going to need to go a bigger peep size. I've shot 
for fun with my husband a lot of 3ds locally um and i really struggle with the light and dark where the target's in the light and you're in the dark or vice versa um with with the tiny peep size that i i shoot for fita so definitely need to work on that yeah what about what about Bo? what are you thinking um, well, I just got from you guys out there at Leading Edge a uh, Matthews the 36. So shot that uh, yesterday, basically. <laughs> so, so far, so good. I, I actually really like the feel of it so far. It's much different than the 38, which I wasn't a fan of. But we'll see how that goes. I don't know. You shot that. You shot that Apex Seven crazy. That's well. my. Oh, that's also, my favorite bow. <laughs> I hope you still have that one because that was. Oh, like I do. Born Apex I'm, Seven. I'm never it's, getting rid of that. You should. It was the only Apex Seven I've ever heard, or Apex in general, that didn't sound like somebody was dropping a bag of hammers on the on and a. The, the best part is, Rich bought that on Archery Talk for like 300 bucks. <laughs> Before um, I, I went to Morocco, it was supposed to be I'm my backup to, bow. I'm trying to remember where we, what World Cup we were at, but like, it was one of the first times you'd ever met uh, Martin Damsbo, and he was shooting for Matthews at the time, or had just switched to Prime, and you shot, and he like turned around and looked at you, and was like, "How in the hell does your bow sound like that?" <laughs> Being an Apex, yeah. I mean, not that them sounding bad was a bad thing. They just, man, those bows were always so loud, <laughs> and yours was, it just, boom. Mine was magic. I don't know. I've, I'll never forget him turning around on practice stage, just looking at you like, "What on? What the hell?" That's like being under the driving range, and somebody pulls out that Nike Sasquatch. And just Doink. starts hitting with that thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it but just sounded the good. other uh, anything. The other advantage of shooting a Matthews is uh, they actually pay contingency for the women in in some of those amateur divisions because mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to try to judge yardage so yeah, the pro division's out for me do, they do i think the k45 is 1500 i mean i should know because every single picture has i think it's 15 755 or something yeah. does that every, sound right every picture of the k45 podium <laughs> it's tanya at the top yeah, at the top with the matthews yeah. yep so i don't know it'd be interesting to see you know have you go in and maybe she won't maybe she'll have to shoot her last arrow to I don't know. She's been doing it a long time, so I don't think I'm any threat to her right now. I got to learn how to shoot compound again. Yeah, this one stops drawing back once you get to a certain point. (laughs) Don't if you hear a click, don't like don't let go of your release like I did in Vegas (laughs) two years ago. (laughs) Best seven I ever shot. Nice, man. yeah, man. Crystal sent me a picture the other day of her, uh, of her Matthews, how she's got it all set up, and I'm gonna pick on him because he's not here. But she said she actually had to set up the the peep height to a real peep height. An adult peep height. height. Soul has given me, <laughs> given me crap for this ever since <laughs> I've known her. <laughs> Crystal's, I don't know how Crystal's peep like isn't in her top cam. <laughs> She's got the tallest peep height, not no, of any, your, especially your peep if it's at, like any any human I've met. Her peep is insanely high. No, Bridgers is just at your teeth level. <laughs> I have to do like I have to do the old school like anchor on the on my collarbone to look through her peep side. It's insane. That's funny. 
Yeah, but the funny thing is that you and Scott have the same peep height. <laughs> Damn near. It's pretty close. Have the same I, I will, I, no, I will admit I've always had a very low peep height. I think it full draw mine's like only 3.4, 3.5 inches from the arrow. No so it's, kidding. I mean, it is a low peep, but <laughs> I've never had any issue getting getting clearance or getting distance on the side or anything. So you, like, you anchor with a with a vein in your mouth. <laughs> he anchors know. at I, his eyeball. I put my <laughs> I run my index knuckle right along my jawbone and it's fine. It's all good to go. Hmm. I don't but there have been times where like I remember I'm trying to think what year it was. Twenty fourteen? I think where yeah. Uh Braden and I Braden Galtine and I shot on on a team at Reading. Reading. And he was shooting an Apex 7, and I was shooting a C4. My bow was like 20 feet per second slower than his, and my peep was lower. And you but, were able to hit it. But Braden, to shoot the – well, he couldn't even clear his sight for the elk, and he had a second dot in his scope. I was going to say, house. he put the lower dot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the downer dot in his scope housing, and he still had to shoot my bow for the elk herd and Bigfoot. So how does even I don't know I it, I've always I've never had a problem getting getting sight clearance I've always been able to shoot like 120 yards ish on my side tapes before I start running my arrow into my sight housing but Bridger's special uh, that we do we do agree on <laughs> but for for those that are listening that probably have no idea I I've and even me I'm hell I'm still a baby in this I hear people talk about how they change peep hide for different disciplines. What is, what's the reason uh, for that? Well, well, I mean, Crystal, you know, but when you shot compound, I don't know. I've always ran it a little bit lower for outdoor, and most of that's just to, so like if you if for indoor, if you set your peep at twenty yards, once you get further than that, you're gonna start getting looser in your anchor point. You're you're not gonna your hands not gonna be as tight on your face because as that sight goes down, or as your sight moves down on the adjustment rod. Like you kind of have to start looking through the top of the peep or the bottom of the peep to get or above the peep down to get to those longer distances. So a lot of times we'll like what I always did is I was always set my peep height at 55 yards or 50 meters because that was what I shot the most of. And for most of the field stuff, it made, you know, it made getting those closer or those longer distances a lot more comfortable shots. Those ones where you usually have a higher chance of missing you're more comfortable in your anchor. So you're going to make a better shot on those. And then what I would always do, you know, for 25 yards and in, I would shoot a thumb button because my hand is going to be a little bit flatter so I can get my hand a little tighter against my face and be more comfortable at those shorter distances, even though the people feel quote unquote, almost too low, uh, with my, with my hinge. So I just swap over to a thumb button so I could get through my people a little easier. Um, and then indoor, you know, you're set, obviously setting your sight tape or setting your peep at 20 because that's all you're shooting the entire time. So, you but know. he's talking very minuscule. Like, I, I yes. think people that are new, they hear moving their peep, they're thinking, you know, half an inch, quarter inch. No, it's like just that little bit up or Maybe down. 16th, I think. Somewhere between a 16th and an eighth. It's pretty, pretty minimal movement going from indoor, I'll move it just barely down for outdoor 
you know, for outdoor field and 3D. But even 3D, it'll be a little different because you're shooting a faster arrow, so your sight's set a little higher, larger diameter, which will cause your sight to be higher. For 3D, I'll usually set my my peep if I'm using a different bow uh, so that I'm super comfortable looking through my peep at about 45 yards. You know, because for the known, that's kind of our sweet spot. Our average distance is somewhere between 40 and 45, depending on the course. Yeah, what do you what do you expect to see out in, in London? Man, I hope it's a soft course. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're really gonna be able to tell who's been who's been putting in the work and who's been. I don't. I think we had talked. Call of Duty. Yeah, we kind of talked about it before. It, it'll it'll. I'll definitely be curious to see what the scores are gonna be, you know, on on our side in the known pro where I shoot, or you know, the K45 with, you know, in your class crystal, or, uh, and then both the unknown classes, the men's and women's compound. It'll be it'll be interesting to see, you know, who's been putting the practice in and who hasn't and. I don't know. I'm curious to see what the scores will be. If they'll be just, if it's if Mike's going to set up an easy course to get people to want to be there and go to the next one, and he's just going to make it create you know a pretty soft course, and that scores will be insane, or if it'll be a standard course and you know scores will be the same as what they were, or if people will dropped off a little bit. I wonder if there's going to be any any of the international shooters coming down with travel restrictions. So that women's table yeah, no, might I, be wide open. Well, no, Tanya's been here. She's she's still here. She's, she's in Denmark. Denmark. Oh, she go back to Denmark. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm, very interesting. I mean, not only do you have her, but you've got you have Chris in the known pro in the known pro. Chris Chat or Chris Perkins. You have. Uh, Aaron McGlattery, both of them are from Canada. Well, and I know Aaron posted just the other day about, it was about the IBO, but it would apply to the ASA as well, that the border is opening back up June 30th, I think. So she said she was going to miss the IBO because it was right before, so I'm assuming the ASA would be the same same thing. That's going to be right before the border opens. Mm -hmm. Imagine Canadians coming into the U.S. legally. (laughs) Smuggling their Tim Hortons. <laughs> Tim Hortons and maple syrup. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's that's two of them right there. You got Tanya, you got Stefan. Well, that's. I'm sure that's, Tanya yeah. will find a way back because she was able to leave the country, so she's got a. Mm. I'm sure she'll be able to come back. I would hope so. I mean, I I, I don't want anybody to miss out on competition, but I don't know. That's interesting because it's. I mean, really, you got that's four huge names that have all yeah. won. I mean, Tanya's won damn near every one. Well, Mike and Mike Chris, and Stefan both. Have Mike, been yeah, coming Mike, to him. Mike and Stefan have been coming to him. Stefan's been. I mean, Stefan's has done well at all of them. Yeah, yeah. Does very well. He's won. He's won one or two of them. I know he's made. Made the shoot off a lot. Shoot downs. Um, Aaron has been grinding like crazy. She's mm-hmm. been shooting crazy, crazy well the last year and a half, especially at the three Ds. And to see her not be able, you know, potentially not be able to come to him. Chris has been so dominant the last two years. Uh, I don't know. That'll be. It'll definitely be interesting. Yeah. You know, see who can and can't be there, and and even people in the states. You know, somebody in your situation, Crystal. Where I mean, I know you'll find a way out, and everybody has a way of getting there, one respect or another. But 
you know, if somebody's in, you know, like Page, Page out in California, California's all but shut down. Same mm-hmm. with, you know, same with New England up there where you are versus somewhere down here with, you know, like down here in Texas with Jason and I. We're open. Hell, I went out to, yeah, I went out to eat a restaurant like two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We opened our restaurants and stuff up. So, I don't know. That's all something that'll play into account of who's there and how well they're able to do just based on, you know, how much training they could have potentially done ahead of time. You know, if it's somebody that's not lucky like me that has access to a private range or something like that, if somebody that has to go to a club and shoot, you know, especially in the amateur ranks, somebody that has to go to a club and shoot or go to a, go to a store to be able to practice. Cause they don't that's what a- I'm finding. A lot of my students, they've been stuck doing blank bail or whatever they can do in their house. I mean, they're not, I'm very fortunate. I can shoot whatever I want in my yard, <laughs> whatever distance, but mm. there's a lot of people who, who don't have that flexibility. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, to be fair, there's people that don't have a range already. So they're, you know, they're people are kind of used to not having everything they need to have to train to the level that they may want to. But, uh, I don't know. It'll, it, it definitely puts a strain on, especially the amateurs, I imagine. Cause there's, That's what I, I mean, there's, obviously more amateurs that don't have a range and there are pros that don't have a range just because yeah. there's more amateurs and pros. But, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who's able to practice, who's not, who's even like, a, like I'd mentioned before, who's going to go as an amateur versus who's not based on their, based on the job situation. Cause there's a yeah. lot of, you know, I think that's going to be huge. 30, if they've been out of work for a month and just coming back, they can't. Just... 38 million people or whatever it is. Like that's a, I imagine there's more than, more than one or two archers in that bunch. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's definitely curious. I'm, I'm man alive. I'm glad that ASA and Mike Terrell and his whole team there that have been able to kind of get on top of stuff and really be the first big archery organization anyways, to push forward and, you know, host a tournament. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of it. I think it'll, I think it'll go well. I've never been to an ASA to where it's just been an absolute disaster. I've been to, I mean, not to throw shade on USA archery, but I've been to USA archery events that have been an absolute disaster. I've been to NFA events that have been an absolute disaster. (laughs) Well, you got one thing going for you. If I show up, your odds of it being a disaster have gone up exponentially. (laughs) (laughs) My bad know. luck kind of uh, <laughs> exudes off of me. Do you do you were you at Yankton that first year that we did matches the year after Chris only dropped one point? Yes. Do you remember the absolute cluster of yes. points? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and everybody had flights, and we had. Fl- I remember. Did we have to go to China I, or something. We were going. I think Turkey. We Turkey. I remember I remember driving to Sioux Falls with Braden because Braden made the finals match. Yep. I remember going to Sioux Falls at about 85 or 90 miles an hour so we could make our flight. And then him, Braden, and Steve, or, yeah, myself, Braden, and Steve were sitting in the, like, the bar lounge area at the Sioux Falls airport hooting and hollering because Brock Lesnar was on – TV and it was a WWE fight and the gal at the bar was not not super pumped that we were as excited as we were <laughs> but who's gonna who's gonna tell Steve to pipe down 
Nobody. Because he's exactly. a, he's a I will. large. Well, you, you will. But he knows that you won't be able to physically best him. Uh... <laughs> I know you will. Tr- you will try hard. <laughs> Crystal, you make me. You make me think that you're like like a honey badger. You just don't care. You're not going to back down. Yeah, I may be dumb, but <laughs> I was, I'm not going to back down. I was talking to uh, Courtney, one of her staff shooters. She came in, was hanging out a little bit earlier today. And I said that you, Crystal, I said that uh, Crystal, you and her would get along very, very well because you were <laughs> both very intense human beings. <laughs> I'm not intense. I don't know why everybody says that. <laughs> like, it, it's not a bad thing. I think but. I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing. Well, but I guess we'll I find out was... in London. <laughs> as long as I don't miss any targets. Well, well you get to use a range yeah, you'll miss unless you miss Well, anything. no, that's the problem around here. Everything, all 3D is unknown. And so I go and I either hit, and it's IBO rings is what we use for scoring. So it's either an 11 or a miss. <laughs> there's nothing in between. <laughs> See, that's what's so crazy. Around here, there's no IBOs whatsoever. Every single course is all known. Like, it's... That's nice. I don't know. Everything here is all ASA, uh, all ASA format. Mm-hmm. And mo- like I said, most of it is all known. Yeah. I'll tell you what, just load up on, on rock solid and on focus, and you you should be good. <laughs> that that rock solid supplement is meant for hunters. You're shooting at animals that are not moving, so it's even better. I mean, they're <laughs> they're stationary, so even Bridger can hit them. Um, and you'll be you'll be fine. Just ask Scott. Rock solid works miracles. <laughs> We're all firm believers in it. I think I think you guys will have a good time, and I think you're going to do really well. I don't know. After the at the day, I might I might have to inject rocks all into his veins <laughs> like directly I'm not going to read the text messages that he sent me but they're pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> oh man well it's good that it's good that you guys are busy I mean maybe not stupid busy would be a little bit better but no it's all it's all safe and everything it's just mo- there's just so much bow work yeah said before guys people just all they're doing is shooting their bows so their bows need a lot of you know new strings new d-loops tied on new arrows and new tune and just it's a lot of busy work a lot a lot of busy work which is good to see i mean it it sucks that we ain't selling the boat every guy that walks in the store obviously but i don't know it's good to yeah, see but you're it. building the relationships and they'll mm-hmm. buy the bows later yeah oh, yeah that's that's the good, good thing i mean in, in times like this, when everything was, was quiet for a while, it's good to see that our industry is surviving, doing well, people are wanting to shoot. Um, there's a lot of stuff that went on while everybody was locked away. You know, we had that big uh, World Archery online league. Uh, Crystal, you shot a, yeah. a couple of their targets. Mm-hmm. I think I shot three, and then I went into my own little... Cocoon. That's about what I did. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go back and shoot them all. Uh, yeah, I, I decided I wasn't interested in going in the basement anymore and shooting up close. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much you can do at, at five or ten meters before it's yeah. like, okay, I got to do something else. But you know, there was good things going on. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Got a I, lot of great attention. I was the exact opposite and took every opportunity I could to not shoot my bow. <laughs> I think I went, I probably went like six weeks without picking up my target bow. Now you sound like Steve. I, I don't know. I've always been somebody that needs like a hard, hard break. I know after, I think it was 2018 or something, I put my, we got done with uh, the Buckeye Classic and I didn't pick my bow up until like a week and a half before Midwest Open in December. And that was from August, second half of August and then into December. I don't know. For me, I, I like taking a break and kind of doing my own thing and not being around it just because it's I mean it's the only thing I do especially now working down here and running the shop and it's good to get a break oh definitely yeah when archery is all you see 24-7 I mean it's good too mm-hmm. it's good to take a break but man we've been a little bit all over the place today but you know I think we've covered some of the important stuff going on the uh, the ASAs back on track USA Archery I mean, tar- uh, target archery on that side is, is still still got a, a little bit of hope of happening at the end of the year. Their selection procedures are going to be interesting to keep tabs on. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. But For sure. I don't know. I, th- I think, well, Jason, we can, we can probably talk about the next podcast we're recording, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Before, before should, we get into I should that. Like I should let Jason cover this because you were the guy that put all the pieces together. No, there's for there's all a this. Other, there's a couple other things, you know. Uh, obviously, having Crystal with us today, joining us and, and hanging out. Crystal, thank you so much for for taking time and chilling out with us. Um, it's always it's always fun having you on the on the show. But I'm I'm actually I don't I feel bad. I feel bad for keeping Crystal awake. I talked, I texted her and asked her when it would work best to record, and I sent her time. She said that's way past my time. <laughs> so if everybody needs to know, Crystal is Crystal has the the sleeping half responsible adult, where she goes to bed at you know, or like a seventy year old. <laughs> seven, you know, she goes to bed at nine o'clock every night like a responsible adult does. I I eat dinner at happy hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're also up early and you get a full day. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've noticed this. I've I've sent her a message before and I don't get a response. I'm like, oh, she's probably asleep. And then I look at my phone in the morning and I have a reply at like 5.15 my time. I'm like, what, what are you doing up? <laughs> and I don't even touch my phone for like the first two hours that I'm awake. <laughs> yeah. So. Dude, but, she's already went like ran like 10 miles by 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, no, not not me. Speaking of, I'm probably going to go work out in a little bit. But, uh, no, having Crystal on board with us on the show is always a blast, Crystal. This this is definitely going to happen more often. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure having you. But a um, little announcement is Crystal is joining the Leading Edge Archery team. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to be a part of of our team shooting with us, uh, repping the suck- LEA. Suckered her in. Now she has to wear her stuff <laughs> as much as she doesn't want to. Got her. Uh, so 
Chris, was there anything that you that you want to uh, leave the people out there, the the masses of people that listen to us? Any <laughs> any last minute thoughts? Any words of encouragement? Um, I just say I'm pretty. I'm just really excited because the one thing that I've really missed over the last couple of years of switching over to recurve and not doing the World Cups and stuff is is really the team atmosphere. Um, that's one thing I've really pushed, tried to push with USA Archery is finding ways to make a team feeling or, you know, team scores, whatever it is um, at tournaments. And it's a long-term plan and there, there's not a lot now with all this going on. Obviously that gets pushed back even further. So just to be able to feel like I'm a part of a team again, I'm really excited about. And um, I think it'll be really cool, especially because you guys have a lot of, younger you know younger but still great shooters and then you have scott on the other end of the extreme we'll say (laughs) since he's not here um and then bridger kind of in the middle um so i think it's really cool to see you know the different generations men and women both um 3d target you know you kind of got a good mix going on so it's pretty cool yeah i mean we're happy to have you you're gonna you're gonna meet a lot of interesting characters, like you said. We've got we've got the the little tiny kids shooting the cub division. We've got the teenagers. We've got you know the the people shooting the senior divisions, um, and then we got Scott and like the super seniors. Um, <laughs> you got myself, Jeremy, and Eric, and a couple other people shooting on the Paris side. There's there's gonna be a a lot of different personalities, and we're all super excited to have you. Um, it just it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time so but thank you guys yeah yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and, and let you go unless you want to hang out and listen to this other announcement um, that's up to you uh, don't want to keep you from from, from finishing my out your, my pillow <laughs> finishing out your night <laughs> all right I'll catch you guys later thanks a lot all right thanks Chris. Chris. Good to hear talk to you later bye good night so the other thing is uh, Bridger and I have been talking about this back and forth and uh, I got to meet this individual dang, going about a year and a half. Uh, we did this, this hunt out here in, in uh, Bernie. I got a phone call and said, hey man, you want to come out and, and hunt with a couple of people? And I was like, yeah, sure, it's hunting. Well, it turns out I got to go hunt with a couple MMA fighters. Uh, and among those MMA fighters, it, I, it was uh, Luke Caudillo, uh, Corey Anderson, and Justin Gaethje. Uh And Justin and I wound up hitting it off. You know, we talked back and forth here and there. And I conned Justin into joining us for a podcast this, this coming week. So we're going to have Justin joining us this Monday, June the 1st. Uh, the episode will probably be out sometime during the middle of the week. Uh, maybe at the end but I believe we're going to have Justin and Luke on the show with us uh, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about their, their fighting careers um, you know everything that, that they like to do and, and for you guys that don't know Luke and Justin are both uh, bow hunters They, Luke I want to say a little bit more than Justin but those guys are always shooting bows setting up uh, little 3D courses and uh going out say, and hunting as well say if you follow uh <coughs> if you follow luke 
Justin's coach on on Instagram. Him, he goes out and shoots with uh, Aaron Snyder, uh, who's a big wig over at Kafaru International, the backpack company. They go and hang out. They go on a lot of hunts together. Luke Luke started a hunting show that he does with Justin and a couple other guys called uh, Gladiators Unleashed. Super cool thing. And Justin, I don't know how many how many of our listeners are UFC fans, but for those of you who don't know, Justin is the current lightweight division uh, interim champion in the UFC. So he's, he's kind, kind of a big deal. deal. Yeah. Also also probably one of the most dangerous human beings to exist on the planet currently. I don't know. <laughs> I beat him once. I remember you telling me the story of you two quote-unquote fighting and him saying, Jesus F, dude, just F and hit me. This is true. <laughs> and so, then dropping his hands. Yeah, this was, this was towards the end of the night after uh, Luke shot uh, an axis doe. Of course, they got quartered and... Uh, threw some meat on the grill you know we all had a couple adult beverages and we we're hanging out over at uh at matt best's house and justin was sitting there sparring with matt back and forth playing around and he kept on looking at me and i kept on saying i'm gonna spar with you and he said let's do it i said all right cool dude but the only way we're gonna do this we're gonna make it even you gotta sit on that big yoga ball and that's how we're gonna fight and we threw some gloves on you know we're just playing around and threw a couple punches i i mean he was he was holding back but i got hit in the face a couple times and dude packs a punch uh but it, it came down towards the end of it he did throw his gloves his hands down and said will you just freaking hit me already <laughs> so i did uh, i i am so looking forward to talking to him and kind of picking into his brain and trying to understand the competitive nature of just two human cockfighters getting in there and beating the crap out of each other and what that's like and how and more so like looking at the similarities between that from a mental outlook to archery obviously we're not getting hit in the face which yeah. i imagine that throws you for a loop a little bit but just the competitive nature and how you know looking at the similarities between like high level archers that you know you and i both know and even myself at some point you know in my career and you right now in your career like I don't know. The parallels between the two are—it's interesting to me. Yeah, the you know, especially all the. Right now, the only sports we have are all docu series stuff. You know, with the Last Dance and the Bruce Lee deal coming out, and the—I think the Lance Armstrong one was last week, the first part of it. Mm-hmm. Just picking those people's brains apart is fascinating to me, and we'll we'll get the chance to do that a little bit with him. So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to, to talk to him. You know that that mentality that these guys have knowing that they're going into a fight where they're going to get the crap beat out of, of them or they're going to beat the crap out of somebody and just just to know that I I don't know I me personally I wouldn't probably be able to sleep the night prior I'd be just amped up uh, ready to go but these guys are just calm collected professionals that just go out there and handle business human beings that aren't us are way cooler than we are <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth my friend well folks um it's been it's been awesome being back on the air it's been a while uh, like we said at the beginning it's been hard trying to get this done especially with the shop open back up and everybody coming in there and and getting work done i mean obviously scott's still busy right now uh mm-hmm. doing stuff so 
we're going to try and, and get back on track and get these yeah. shows rolling out. You know, we still have we still have all these guests projected to, to join us. Um, it's just going to be interesting. It, it might be uh, conversations where we're not going over tournaments that just happened, but it'll be going over things that aren't happening, um, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So, Bridger, it's been awesome. Hell yeah, dude. We'll, uh, I can't to talk to you and Justin and Luke. Scott will probably be here next week because I doubt he's going to miss that. Yeah, I mean, they were both. So it'll be college know, it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm I'm super looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to just talking to you more. Oh, I, I, I appreciate that. Makes me feel Maybe I'll, I'll do whatever your online beer order deal is and send you a pack of a six pack of beer. <laughs> well, you can save it because I will be coming by. So that's right. That's right. So, all right. So, all right, folks. We'll catch you all on the next one. Uh, you have a great evening, day, wherever it is that you are. Uh, please, again, like, share. Let everybody know that we're back on Leading Edge Archery Podcast. Did not fizzle away. We are still here. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Shark, there's me.